In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Uh, hi guys, so t- today is the second Sunday of the month of Baba. And the theme of this month, as Abuna David previewed last week, is the power of Christ. Last week we saw the power of Christ through intercessory friends, the power to heal our diseases. This week we see his power a little differently. And that is this power to come to the weary and give us more than we can even carry. Today I want to meditate briefly on how we can seek his power using three basic steps and why even we might want to do that. And the first step is to welcome Christ. But I want to set the scene a little bit from my own personal experience. So as you saw the story today, it's about fishing. So every year we fish a tournament annually. This tournament is from 11 a.m., on Saturday to 11 a.m. on Sunday. It's a 24-hour-long tournament. During the fall, it can be windy, snowy, rainy, but fundamentally, we're there to catch fish, right? And for those that have fished before, you know how epic that feeling is when you feel a bite and you set the hook and you reel in the big one. Contrarily, you also know, if you you can imagine if you sit for 12 hours, 16 hours, and it turns to 4 a.m., and you've caught nothing. You've toiled all night, and you haven't caught a single thing. There are times, honestly, when I'm sitting on the boat, and I wish, Lord, let me invite you on. Tell me where to cast so I can just catch something, just to keep me on the boat. So imagine the disciples. They've toiled all night, and they've actually given up at this point, right? We, we see in the gospel that they beached the boat. They were washing their nets. And they see the Lord Christ, and he just hops into the boat, Right? So my natural reaction would be, you know what, Lord, I'm good. I've been trying all day. I'm calling in today, not letting you on my boat. Like, we're offshore for a reason. But St. Peter, he invited the Lord. He let him on the boat, right? But to be clear, nobody said that it's going to be easy. It it required St. Peter to toil. The Lord let him toil first. This was his own providence, right? He He came to their weary intentionally after letting them toil. It takes resistance to step up to the occasion, I think, is what the Lord is trying to demonstrate to us. And St. Paul reminds us that toiling is inevitable. We're hard-pressed. We're perplexed. We're persecuted. We're destroyed. But on the contrary, we also know that we're not crushed. We're not in despair. We're not forsaken. We're not destroyed. Always carrying about in the body, carrying in the body the dying of the Lord Christ, Right? By this toiling, it actually makes the disciples more attuned and receptive to the Lord. It's almost a form of self-emptying. And it allows them to be more preoccupied with the Lord than their own success. If they would have caught a huge catch and the Lord joins them, meh, just another day, right? I can't tell you how creative we get on the boat after hour 18 and we haven't caught a thing. Let's change lures. Let's change spots. Maybe if we eat a cookie and click our heels three times, we'll catch something, right? The Lord didn't need to do any of that. No cookies, no clicking his heels. But he came to them, and he did not let them despair. Even after they were ready to call it quits. uh, This week, we celebrated the feast of St. Paul of Tamar. And he burdened himself, and he toiled himself so much to the point where the Lord Christ appeared to him, and what did he say to him? Enough, Habibi, enough. The Lord always knows when to visit those who are toiling for him. And more than that, St. Paul tells us in the Pauline Epistle today 
For, God, for it is God who commanded light to shine through darkness. That, that, that's physics. St. Paul puts it as a physicist. It's very logical. If there's darkness, the light will shine through. Therefore, you have to toil, right? And on the subject of physics, another thing you also need in physics is action. So step two, so step one was we need to invite him. Step two is we need to act. But there are parameters on how we should act. The first is, is let us remember that the person we are inviting to help us is the creator. One natural reaction that St. Peter could have had is, you know, I'm the fisherman. You're the carpenter. I got this. Like, no need. I can do this better than you. Or alternatively, I'm a better parent. Or I'm a better spouse. Or I'm a better dentist. Right? But St. James reminds us quite candidly, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Even after the miracle, St. Peter himself, what did he say? He said, depart from me, O Lord, for I am a sinful man. The response St. Peter had reminds us of God's reverence in his power and to remain humble and work to become worthy of this awesomeness. The second thing is always remember to voice your concerns. Today's psalm tells us, make a joyful shout to the Lord. Let your voice be heard by him, but still obey. I think being hesitant is a normal reaction. I'm hesitant about many things all of the time. And St. Peter was hesitant. If we look at him, he said, Lord, we have toiled all night. What do you mean you want me to cast again? What do you mean? But the key is to still do what is being asked and to obey. Nevertheless, Lord, at your word, I will let down the net. I want you to think about this discourse in the context of spiritual guidance from a friend, from a spiritual father, whomever. But Father, I wonder, it won't cost me too much to give my tithes. I've got to get the new iPhone. I have a house to purchase. I have a ski trip to go on, ski in, ski out, the big stuff. But friend, attending midnight praises means I'm missing out on the fun on Saturdays. But wife, it'll cost me my career to cancel that work dinner that I have with my clients in order to go to Vespers on Saturday night. But if the guidance is rooted in capital T truth or in heavenly wisdom, it's important to obey, right? Say yes to spiritual suggestions, especially those rooted from Scripture, even if they seem difficult. I want to challenge you the rest of this year to do the following thing, and that is succumb to spiritual suggestions. Next time your churchy friend, whatever that means, or churchy wife or churchy sibling parent, Abuna, whoever, says something to you like, let's get the Agbeah out and pray. Or let's go to Midnight Praises this Saturday. Let's do something different. Or something as basic as, let's pray before we eat. Not asking for much, just a little, oh Lord bless. In the words of Nike, just do it. Let's just do it, right? I, I love the story of one of the desert fathers, and it goes as follows. He approached one of the elders and he said to him, Abba, teach me a psalm. And he said, I will watch my ways to be unable to sin with my tongue. A a normal reaction would be, but Father, that's such a difficult psalm. But the conclusion of the story is that he sat in silence for eight years, eight years to control his tongue. Talk about a level of obedience. The last thing on actions is our intentions should be pure. The goal that I'm setting out on should not be to be a better fisherman than the person next to me 
or to catch the biggest fish even. It should be to catch any fish. We, we see in the, in the Vesper Gospels from last night that even one fish has a gold coin. Even one fish has a gold coin. And as St. James says, he says, where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. By, by show of hands, is everybody, anybody interested in evil things or confusion? Yeah, that's, that's sort of what I assumed, right? So we should do as St. James says, act in the wisdom that is pure, peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy, without partiality and hypocrisy. The important thing is to get out of your comfort zone and act. Just do the thing. Now, you might be looking at me and say, that sounds hard, willing to yield, full of mercy. That's why I tell you the last important thing is to have faith. And St. Ambrose says, and he meditates on this and says the following, I too, Lord, very well, the night darkness envelops me when you are not there as my leader. They have caught nothing up till now, yet when they obeyed God's word, they obtained a huge amount of fish. This is not the fruit of human eloquence, but rather the work of heavenly seeds. Let us then leave the human conviction and let us cling on to the work of faith. Now, in all honesty, as I meditated on the gospel, I, I think that this whole thing can be summarized by one word. Nevertheless. The word nevertheless gets at the following question, that is, is it worth it? Is it worth it to cast out into the deep? Is it worth it to be a participant in liturgy? Is it worth losing that little bit of extra sleep to pray before going to bed? Is it worth suffering on FOMO on a Saturday night in order to do something spiritual? It's a pros and cons exercise, making calculation. Is the thing valuable or not? So, we can ask the question more directly. Is it worth heeding God's instruction? Or, is he worth it? I think we can ask the pros. Let's ask St. Mary. She was called, and she voiced her concern to the Lord. She said, how can this be since I do not know a man? Right? When she was asked to do this mind-blowing thing, she voiced her concern, but she obeyed and said, nevertheless, let it be done to me according to your word. And now, as we say in the Friday Theotokia, staying on the theme of fish, she's the rational hook that catches Christians. Her virtues are so luminous that it draws us in. And St. Peter's conclusion after all of this that we see at the end of the gospel is he knew it was worth it. Right? St. Luke tells us, even without being called, the Lord didn't call him. He said, he forsook all and followed him. The more St. Peter received, the more he surrendered. Right? The gospel of Vespers, he caught one fish. The gospel today, he caught so many fish he couldn't, he couldn't carry. Right? St. Peter saw the Lord's glory and tasted just a piece of it through the grace of this miracle and said, you know what? I'm done with the fishing thing. I'm going to forsake all. And St. James reminds us of this, that friendship with the world is enmity with God. If you want to be a friend of the world, you make yourself an enemy of God. He puts it quite candidly. So St. Peter needed to make the call. Big fish, the Lord Christ. I'm going with the Lord Christ. Not only that, right, but after the catch, the disciples single, signal to everyone to come and signal to the others, come help. We, can't, we don't know what to do with all of this fish. And that attracted everyone to the fish, the disciples, and thereby the Lord Christ, right? 
And I want you to look around us at all of the saints depicted. We have so many depicted. And ask St. Pelagia, for example. Is it worth it? Or was it worth it? And I think their answer would unequivocally be yes. Unequivocally yes. And more directly, he is worth it. We were sitting at Bible study, I think, like a couple weeks ago. And I'm going to pose the question that has been on my heart recently, and that is, what is stopping you from seeking the perfection of, 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 a, of, of Elijah? And if you haven't read Elements, like, you've got to read it. Um, and I didn't have a good answer to it, because all of the things that came to mind are the things that St. James said not to do. Being self-seeking and being full of envy. And so that convicted me. But if you ask people, those that have learned wisdom by being on earth, or those that have departed, if you ask them, they would almost universally say, why aren't we living a life that's more spiritual? Or, I wish I lived a, more, a life that was more spiritual beforehand. And now each of you has already done steps one and two. You're here. You've invited the Lord, right? You're here to see the power of the Lamb slain before the foundation of the world. So I encourage each of you to ask yourself, what is stopping you from forsaking all? And casting out into the deep. Because I'm here to tell you that even if you taste just a piece of the love of Christ or a piece of his grace, the result is that you will be overfilled with fish and exceed any joy that any human power or any human man can catch along. You will not be in half and half. You'll be done being friends with the world and you will be all in. You'll want to be with his grace forever, like Siloam the Athenite, who the Lord Christ appeared to him, and that was it. And he spent years just searching, groping, in order to taste his grace once more. You, you just can't, you can't go back once you see his glory. So I want to leave you with the following from St. Ambrose. You too say, depart from me, for I am sinful, O Lord, and Christ will answer you. Confess to the Lord, for it is he who forgives your sins. Do not hesitate to give him back what is yours. Leave everything behind, for he has given you what is his. Contemplate on God's love that has given man the authority to take life. When all seems to be going awry, let us open the boats of our hearts to the Lord to help us during our toils, to learn to heed his will and to act while having faith, to set the hook into the biggest catch of all time that is the promise of the good things to come. To him be due the power, the glory, the blessing, and the majesty forever. Amen. Oh,